Okay, perfect handshake is right hand, right hand, two pumps in business, or three for social occasions. I never pump. Perfect. And you pump? No, <laughs> no, I don't pump. <laughs> if you I have, you might pump. have the over pumper too. Oh, I got. Oh, a I met an over pumper. Oh, okay, for anyone listening, I hope you just didn't tune in. This is. <laughs> I'm Reba McIntyre, and welcome to my podcast, Living and Learning. Joining me today is my co-host and very good friend, Melissa Peterman. Hey, guys, and welcome to our show. Today, we'll be exploring a topic that's really important to me, manners, or as I like to call it, social graces. To help us mind our P's and Q's, we decided to turn to our manners expert, Micah Meyer, best-selling author on modern etiquette and the co-founder of the Plaza Hotels Finishing Program. And then later on, you're going to have a blast with Jay and Allison DeMarcus. I've known them for so many years. Jay's a hoot. He is so funny, and Allison can go toe-to-toe with him. They've got a Netflix show called DeMarcus Family Rules, and I haven't got to see it yet. I'm dying to. So you guys hang around. Uh, You're in for a treat today on Living and Learning. Yeah, it would be bad manners if you left now. Terrible manners. Yeah. It'd be terrible manners, so don't you go anywhere. I grew up with manners. Boy, it was a really strict thing in my house. Daddy always said when a person comes to the house and he introduces us kids to this guest, that you stand up, Mm -hmm. you extend your hand, you look them right in the eye and say, nice to meet you. Very, very important to have manners in the McIntyre house. How about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, Pam and Dave Peterman did not play around. Mm -mm. You know, I was born and raised in Minnesota, and... Very much so. Politeness and thank you and please. And my dad was big on, you know, being on time. Like he always thought that was the worst manners because it just shows you don't care about other people's time. And your word is your bond. But just simple things like writing thank you notes. Things that you carry on to today. You still do all of that. I try. I mean, I still make Riley write hand written thank you notes because sometimes we're like, well, I texted them thank you. And I'm like, "Mm, whatever. I don't think they texted you that money or that gift. So you better sit down and write a thank you note. But I try. I make sure Riley does stand up and shake hands. And to me, and I know that I think in modern, you know, because I think we're going to get into it today too about modern manners. You know, there was a time period where like I can open my own door or whatever. Like, and it's like, no, I still think I want Riley to grow up. And I go, you go open that door for your grandmother. Well, I think it's very nice for a man to do that for a lady or a young man to do that for an elderly woman or just a woman in general. But I think it's very important for the woman to say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Don't embarrass the man or the young man if they do something nice for you. That's courtesy. And I consider that manners, just being nice. Just be nice. Yeah. Yeah. What does modern day manners mean to you? Like, how did it change since growing up on the McIntyre farm to, to, you know, 2020? I think it's a little more loose. I don't think it's as rigid. I don't think it's as practiced as heavily as it was when we were kids. But I want to know, what are the new manners nowadays? I do think that kids want to be treated more equal, and that just seems really strange to me. But that's what I want to learn. What are, what are the new ways of doing manners today? Or what are, we, what are we learning? What are our kids learning? What did Clark and Jackie instill in you that you tried to instill in Shelby? Because I think you raised a really good kid. Like, I always think about when I met Shelby, he was 12 years old and he was coming to set. And he acted the same 
whether you were looking at him or not. And I mean that in a good way. Like Thank he was you. still polite. That's what I want for my kid is that when I'm not there and I can't give him that look of like, you better say thank you, mm-hmm. that he still does that. So what was important that you wanted Shelby, that you grew up with, that you wanted him to have? Well, number one, when you're late, and you mentioned this earlier, you're showing disrespect to people and their time. It's like your time is more important than their time. So you're late and you're making them sit there for five to two hours waiting on you, I'm sure they might have had something a little more important to do than wait on you. So respect other people's times. I think that's huge on manners. Share the conversation. Don't dominate. I think that's a very big banner. Listen to other people when they're talking. Let them have the time to comment or to change the subject and talk about something. But listen, be kind, be attentive, and respect other people. I like it. I think manners become a habit. So if you are in the habit of thinking about the other person, whether it's I'm going to bring whenever I go to someone's house, I'm going to bring a little gift or a host gift. If you practice those sorts of manners, they bleed into those bigger things, which is I also am not going to gossip. I'm not going to get online and type out stuff on a keyboard that I would never say in person. Like, I think they all are intertwined. Right. Exactly. And another good thing to do is not interrupt people when they're talking. That's another social graces. Anyway, another thing to do is, (laughs) (laughs) have you ever been into a a real deep conversation and you're just about to get to the point and somebody comes in? Hey, Reba. Yeah, exactly. Like that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we'll learn an awful lot on this segment, Melissa, because we've got an etiquette expert, Micah Meyer. She's going to tell us the ins and outs, the rights, the wrongs, and what's up, hip, dip, and all the kind of stuff to do. (laughs) Hang on there with us with Reba McIntyre and Melissa Peterman, living and learning. Micah, welcome to our podcast. We're thrilled to have you. Yes, thank you for coming. If you would explain what you do and why we chose you for this great topic, take it out. Sure. So thank you for having me. And um, so I started teaching etiquette um, when I was actually in London. I didn't even probably hold real. Which everything sounds better with a British accent. Like you can, do you think you can get away with less manners and an accent? hundred percent. Okay. Just sorry. I want to make that clear. Yes. Okay. Um, And, and, you know, I didn't know as an adult, I didn't know formal manners. So I took my first class as an adult and then kind of started teaching my friends and my girlfriends and then word spread. And before you knew it, I was, I quit my job and started teaching etiquette in London, brought it to New York. And um, now I teach, I, I started the Plaza Hotel finishing program. So we teach adults, children, teens, and now we just started our own corporate division. So we literally travel America teaching manners on all levels. So it's really exciting to see that people are actually really interested and, and really into it. Well, since you're not tooting your own horn in this way, that you've also written two best-selling books, The Modern Etiquette Made Easy and Business Etiquette Made Easy. So in the midst of spreading etiquette around the world, and America. You've written two best-selling books. So you do <laughs> know you. a thing or two about manners. Thank you. And the first book, Modern Etiquette Made Easy, is so, was so big for me because the whole first chapter is about how I grew up in a very modest household. And that in the end, the end of the first chapter is me serving Prince Charles a gin and tonic at a palace. <laughs> and it's like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And it's kind of like taking out that stigma that etiquette's just for fancy places or, you know, um, only for the 1% of the world. And it was kind of that, that message to me was so important 
to to get across that it's it's really just about kindness. Okay, I'm going to ask this for all the listeners yeah. right now who just want me to go back there. Yes. What was it like serving Prince Charles <laughs> a gin and tonic? Does he get a double? What time of okay. day was it? Was there lime, mint? Tell me everything. I will, I will tell you. I remember it like it was yesterday because I was terrified. Um, so he gets, um, he, everything is pre-sealed. So it comes okay. in a pre-sealed pouch uh, for security reasons. And then he has two cubes of ice and a small, like, short ball glass side of, like, lime. Uh-huh. And I was in charge of serving it to him on a tray, the heaviest silver tray you've ever seen in your whole life. And I remember standing there shaking. And then as he was approaching, I thought to myself, this is before my etiquette training. Do I curtsy? Do it like, what do I do? Yeah. And I remember I tried to curtsy while holding oh, this no. tray at the same time and like, the, you know, happening. And he winked at me and, and, I, and then I knew I wasn't supposed so to curtsy. So he used manners because he made you feel at ease. Exactly. Mm, boom. Exactly. Nailed it. He literally took all that social awkwardness off of me and was like, I got you. You look great. Even though I probably was a disaster, but it it was so sweet of him. That's that's what etiquette's about, really. It is making you feel welcome. Yes. And what you did when you first got here, you gave Melissa and me a gift, and you said, <laughs> "Never show up empty-handed." Very, very good point. It's just you know, there's an old saying. Actually, there's an old. It's a Southern saying that you should, when you come to someone's home, you should be have to kick the door to say you're there because your hands are so full with gifts. Wow. Oh, I like that. I do do all the time. Is if I go to someone's house for dinner, I bring a bottle of wine, a candle, or a fun dish towel, or something that's you know, I I do do that. that. It just shows gratitude. So too, if you're the one with the gifts, they'll invite you back. That's true. true. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. I love that. This is one question that we didn't get to, but I want to know the answer to is what's the proper time frame to answer a text or an email or a phone call? And are these different times? Because we were talking about in this day and age of texting, there's email, there's evites. <laughs> I, I'm i not always great at answering right away. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Okay. So for business, it's within either the same business day or within 24 hours. Ooh, okay. And then socially, it gets a little bit of a slippery slope, right? Because you've got texts, you've got priorities. So I think the thing is people can tell if you've read messages for the most part nowadays. How do you stop that? There are settings on some phones, <laughs> but not all, not on mine. But I think, you know, I think even if you can't get back, then it's just saying, super busy right now. I promise I'm coming back. I haven't forgotten about you or just something like that. Acknowledging. Acknowledging. So that person doesn't feel like you've forgotten them, which is what you want to avoid. Is ghosting still a thing? (laughs) Ghosting is actually still a thing. um, But I think it's never really a nice thing to do. I think if you, you know, if somebody can see that, especially that you've read their message and then you ghost them, it's just not nice. I'm not asking for me. I'm just curious. For a friend. For a friend. And sometimes I'll say even like, um, I'm so like things are a little crazy. I'm traveling. As soon as things slow down, you know, no, I'm thinking of you. Because I find that sometimes, you know, you are really busy and you see the text, but you're driving, you're running errands, and then you forget to answer. Right. And then you do know that they read it. And then it's three days later because all these other texts come in because you're popular. And um, <laughs> and it gets way buried underneath all of these cool gifts that your friends are sending. And then you forget. So is it okay to say, I did see this. It's I sorry, it took me a couple of days, but it was, I mean, it wasn't anything yeah. super important. Okay. hundred percent. Right. It's like a thank you. If you forget to send a thank you, same thing. Better late than never. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good deal. Do you want to know one other really interesting thing about thank yous? Yes. Is I, I wrote about this too. Never start a thank you letter with thank you. 
Oh, wow. So Why? this is something that I actually wrote a formula of how to write the perfect thank you letter for people. Book. Because if I'm thanking grandma for an espresso machine and I write, dear grandma, thank you for the Nespresso machine. I've been loving it every morning. Can't wait to have you over for an espresso. Love, Micah. It's almost expected, right? Like you see those thank you words first and you're like, mm-hmm. okay. Now people tend then not to read the rest of it. Uh-huh. So if you say, dear grandma, I wake up every morning and I'm so happy when I get to my kitchen because I know that Nespresso machine's going to be there. Um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I can't wait to have you over so I can serve you one too. Love, Micah. Love it. Just has more emphasis. Um, so that so is true. one piece of advice. So what are some new rules in and around office etiquette? Professional environment. Ooh, okay. Things have changed. They are evolving. Things have changed. So my whole, my second book about business etiquette is all about gender neutral etiquette in the workplace. So even things like, and I know I'm going to get some eyebrows um, with this one, but even, you know, it used to be ladies would always walk through a door first. Ladies mm-hmm. would always be introduced first. Now it's the most VIP person. So it has less to do with gender. And so if I'm walking to the door with one of you, I want to show respect to you. So I will hold the door open. It has less to do with my gender, but more showing respect to the other people. So the whole and kind of like mentality now with business is shifting to, you know, who is, who's introduced first, the most VIP person in the room. It doesn't matter who they if are, how old they are. Yeah. In business. And I would, I would guess hmm. that your corporate classes are even, you know, you're much more in demand because of the whole Me Too movement or the setting of workplace, making sure that you don't make any mistakes because it can all yeah. tumble down quickly. Exactly. And at the end of last year, so many companies and HR teams were saying, we're getting people saying, I'm afraid to compliment my colleague. Mm-hmm. And I mean nothing by it except for to make this woman feel good. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid to like have a, a relationship with this person. And that's not the point. That's not it. You should be able to have relationships with your colleagues. You just, you know, there's a difference with a compliment as, wow, that dress looks great on you versus mm-hmm. that is such a power color, like, you know, you just look like you're owning it today. Like you can still give that compliment. You just don't want to compliment it on someone's body. And so there is Mm -hmm. a difference. Yes, especially with me too. But you still want to show goodness and kindness and respect to your colleagues. And hopefully that doesn't change. You just got to put more thought into it. Exactly. Okay. Here's another one. What is the perfect handshake? Oh, I love this. So, okay. Perfect handshake is right hand, right hand, web to web. So web to web. Okay. Okay. And then it is firm and assertive. And it's actually two pumps in business or three for social occasions. What? Oh, yeah. Shake my hand. Oh, my gosh. So two. One, one, two. two For business. This is business. Or one, two, three. One, One, two, three. three. I never pump. Perfect. Do you pump? No. No, I don't pump. If you have, you might have the over pumper, too. Oh, I got Oh, I met an over pumper. Okay. Everybody has. Look at me. Oh, when you do shake. For anyone listening, I hope you just didn't tune in. This is. We have not gone off the rails. We're talking about handshakes. We're talking about handshakes. Let me your hand. Okay. All right. Now, what about if you put the other hand? Okay. I'm shaking Reba's hand right now. Yeah, and I've got my left so hand. So she's grasping me with the okay. other hand. That now seems aggressive. Here we go. So this, you're going to find This seems like a wrestling move. So yes, this, when you put one hand over, under, to the side of the other person's hand you're shaking, uh-huh. it's a power play. You are, oh. you are asserting power. So when we are in all of our negotiation tactics um, courses for our law firms that we teach, we teach this. When you're going in to win, you put that hand up. You're saying, I'm in charge of you. 
So you add the extra class. So you're talking about grabbing and then the extra class. Any grass? Oh, I thought that was more sincere. So it's it's it is cultural in all Uh fairness. My my daddy's from Barbados, and and there that is what they do, and it's to show warmth. So Uh it is cultural. I should say that, but generally speaking, in America, it's a power play. Uh, look at any president that we've ever had and look at them shaking hands. Look at them when they're walking in for negotiations, they're walking in for meetings. You can see it is a power play. It's very wow. American and in business. It is. It's crucial. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One more thing I just think is so important okay. is workplace dress. And yeah. I think this could not be more important. Um, two things I always advise is kind of dress the way you want to be addressed. Okay. Think about that in social or business mm-hmm. and dress for the position you want, not the one you're in. So, well, then I would wow. be dressing as a Dallas cowboy cheerleader every day. <laughs> and I love that. I do love that. I want to be a Dallas I cowboy do too. cheerleader. I do so too. interesting. Dress like the position you want to be in, not Correct. the one you're in. Correct. And and it wow. depends on the industry you're in, right? Like the whole point is to be a social chameleon with etiquette to make everyone else feel comfortable. So when I go to the Plaza Hotel and I'm teaching afternoon tea etiquette for 30 people, I probably am wearing feathers, truth be told. But um, at the end of the day, if I'm walking into a bank um, down in Dallas, uh-huh. then I bet your, bet your bottom dollar I'm in a full suit just like they are because I want to be relatable to the people that I'm I'm working with. But it's the same thing with any kind of workplace etiquette. Maybe jeans is okay where in your industry and that's perfectly fine, but maybe it's not for a corporate industry. And just to know that you are a walking, living, breathing brand at all times and so is your workplace. So you just want to make sure that you're showing respect not only to yourself, by the way you dress yourself, but True. by dressing yourself in a nice, polished way, you're showing that you put effort into yourself, but to the other people you're meeting with. Micah, what I'm getting out of everything you're saying are three things. Treat people like you want to be treated. Read the room. And what was that other one that was really good? Kindness? Or read the, oh, kindness. Absolutely. Yeah, but kindness, read the room, and treat people like you want to be treated. That's exactly See right. See them and acknowledge and yeah, that's be, be treated. Yeah. Treat that's exactly people like right. you want to be treated. Yeah. Don't you want to be looked at when I'm talking to you? Yes, yes. I do. Exactly. I'll work on that. Exactly. I want you to look, yeah. look at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can look you imagine me. if everyone followed those three rules? What's the biggest thing that parents want when they bring their kids to some of your classes? Uh, usually it's either dining dining etiquette or respecting adults and saying, you know, that the number one issue now we hear is my child doesn't know how to have a conversation looking someone in the eye Mm -hmm. because they're so attached to their devices. They're shy to introduce themselves to other friends now. So they're losing that social face-to-face interaction and they don't know how to do the basic things. You know, we grew up just, that was just We were forced to look people in their eyes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We had nothing else to look at. That's right. So it's, that's it. So social skills and etiquette is way more than which fork and knife to, to kind of hold. It's all about making other people feel comfortable and introducing yourself. And I would say you can know every fork and knife on the table no matter your age. But if there's someone in the corner that's sitting by themselves that doesn't know anybody and you haven't introduced yourself, you have a lot to work on still. You you know, you may. The root of everything with etiquette goes back to that kindness and consideration. I've been at dinner tables before and I've seen people talking and talking and there will be one person that the person sitting next to them will say, and what do you do? And 30 minutes later, that person's still talking and hasn't gone back to that person and saying, well, that's enough about me. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. you. What do you think about me? It's not, you know, you've got to go back and say, well, you know, and what do you do? Right. And I have a really good trick for this. If you ever are sitting next to someone and say they just, maybe they're, you know, you're trying to start conversation or something. It's called the WWHC. Okay. And you could have a conversation with anyone like this. So you start with what, why, how, and then you give a compliment. Hmm. It is a formula that I personally use. I include it in both my books. It's so good. Okay. Um, so, Micah, um, why was it in London that you felt like you needed to learn more about etiquette? What was it about London that made you feel that? Being the only American at an all-British company, I didn't feel like I fit in. Why were you the only American in a British company? <laughs> <laughs> well, really, it was because, you know, I traveled there for love. I went and I, I went for love. There we go. And um, I'm always up for a challenge. So I thought, why not? Okay, oh, how did the romance wind up? Uh, I married him. Yay! <laughs> All right, here we go with the big C compliment. Good for you! <laughs> wasn't hard at all. No, that's It's fun. just making conversation. Right. But the moment you think you're being clever and you add in a where. So Micah, where do you live now? New York. And it stops. So it's, it is it is more open-ended questions correct. too. Like not yes correct. or no. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I really like what you said earlier too, because this is what you were touching on, Reba, too, that the basic of all of these rules, whether they're fork rules, thank you note rules, that it all comes down to acknowledgement and basic kindness. Like I love when you said you could know, the person can know all the forks and they know what this cup does and all that. But if they're not introducing that person to the other people in the room, you know, it doesn't mean anything. You are the rudest person in the room right then and there. Inconsiderate. It's so true. That's all, that's all etiquette truly is. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh my gosh. I've learned so much. I feel like I'm so wise right now. It's going to not last very long. (laughs) Yeah, we got to write everything down. I got to write it all down. Well, so how can people get your books? How can they follow you and and, and ask more questions? Thank you so much. You can find me on Instagram at Micah Meyer. Um, You can also find me on my website, beaumontetiquette.com. And my books, uh, Modern Etiquette Made Easy and Business Etiquette Made Easy, are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all that good stuff in between. There you go. Love it. Well, Micah, thank you very much for being on the show with us and for sharing all your great knowledge. I have learned so much. I really did. I Look at, oh, I mean, it's chicken right, scratch, uh, but I've been no, writing down I, stuff all yeah, to remember. Copy off your WWHC, um, all that. I love I it. Appreciate it. Thank you, babies. You Thanks, bet. Micah. Coming up next, we'll sit down with Jay and Allison, DeMarcus. You guys are going to have a blast listening to all the fun things they're going to tell us today. Don't you go anywhere. Well, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We have Jay and Allison DeMarcus. You guys are going to have a blast listening to all the fun things they're going to tell us today. Now, Jay and Allison, you two, you guys have your own separate careers. Of course, you're married. you got a great family. Allison, you're a TV host on CMT. You were a Miss Tennessee 2002. Jay, and you are obviously got your hands full with uh, all the things you do with your producing and being a member of the Rascal Flats Band. But we've got to hear about your new TV show called DeMarcus Family Rules. Tell us about it. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's really strange that we're here because we've been offered to do a a series before, a reality series, and we've turned it down. We we got like three different offers, but 
we went on Chrisley Knows Best a few times, and Todd and Julie Chrisley are some of our dear friends, and it was so much fun. He took us to dinner one night, and he said, I really think there's a show here with you guys. And so it was important for me, and I know you'll understand, to protect the brand that I worked really hard with Joe Don and Gary to build with Rascal Flats and to honor the work that we've done there. So I didn't want to be some kind of crazy, drama-filled reality show. And once Todd assured me that he would present us in the best light and still make a fun show with a lot of heart in it, I think we felt okay about filming a pilot. And we did. Netflix came on board and loved the show and kind of captured the vision for what we were trying to do. And, And here we are. Good deal. So when did you first meet each other? Tell me about that. Well, I've known Reba for many, many years. One of my favorite artists still to this day that I've ever had the privilege of being in the studio with. And there is nobody that's a better consummate pro in the world than Reba McIntyre. Oh, and it was a, thanks. It was a joy it's to true. work on her record with her. And I hope I get a chance to do it again someday. You bet. I met her at the CMA Awards one year. That was the first time that we met. And I mean, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee. Reba's not from Jackson, even though I know she's from a small town, but like Mm -hmm. she's the queen of country music. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting at CJ. I was like, that is Reba, like pushing him. He's like, yeah, (laughs) ma'am, I I know that's Reba. I'm like, she's right there. And she was so sweet. And it's so nice when you meet people who are as fabulous as she is in a career and like you know Melissa as her friend then when she matches all of the Mm -hmm. things that you hope that someone you love is to be and they are in person it's like the greatest thing ever it's so weird when you're an artist and you're trying to act like you've been there before and somebody that's (laughs) with you is fangirling over somebody that you've known and (laughs) wants to meet them and get a picture with them it's the (laughs) that's Reba's life story I mean I could have tagged along with her and like you know you'll be in Nashville and I'm walking in with Reba and it's like, oh my gosh, it's Vince Gill. It's Vince Gill. And then Reba's like, hey, Vince. And I'm like, oh, you're all cool. It's the same thing. Like she knows everybody. And like, if I was with you guys, I'd be fangirling over you guys. And Reba's like, keep it together, Melissa. Keep it together. So believe me, that's Reba's life story with me tagging along. Like, but of it's course. hard not to be. I'm still a fan. I'm a fan. It's and oh, I would too. hate to lose totally. that. Well, speaking of that, Reba was exactly who you wanted to be, because, again, there's nothing more disappointing than meeting a hero and have them have bad manners. Reba was very polite. You said she had good manners. And that's fantastic because that's the topic of today's that's show. That's our topic of today's show. I love it. Absolutely. How in the world did you get matched up now, with Jay? <laughs> if this was your topic. Because not everybody has the same view on manners. And we love that you both have different views about manners. That's why. That's why we got you guys here. We definitely do. So how much do you think manners still matters in the world today? I think that they're very important. That is why I have so many rules. I mean, I'm from the South. You say yes, ma'am. No, sir. And I'm that annoying parent every single time my kids say, yeah. No, we're not going to say yeah. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. I, I, it's just a it's respectful and yeah. and it's something that really drives me crazy. I don't want my kids going, yeah. Is that a, one of those manners that's sort of falling by the wayside? Because I grew up not in the South, but the Midwest in Minnesota. And it wasn't yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. But I was not allowed to call my friend's parents Barb and Jack. I, it was Mr. and Mrs. That, that was our way of doing it. And by the way, that is a Midwest name, Barb. 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 Yeah. Hey, yeah Barb. It is very much <laughs> a very good. Me- Jay, that is some good Minnesota accent right there. Hey, oh, gosh, I, Jay. 
You sound grew, just like you're from there. I grew up in Ohio. I love it. Bourbon Jack. Bourbon Jack. <laughs> We're going to throw some brats on the grill. <laughs> no, I think contrary to what you might think, I think that manners aren't taught enough nowadays. I think that we've gotten to this place where everybody's lax and it goes all over me when I see some child in a grocery store somewhere and the way that they address their parents. And I want to walk up to their parents and go, what's wrong with you? Why are you letting your child talk to you like that? You need to teach them to do better than that. So I, I do think it's very important. And I don't think it's something we don't do enough of nowadays, sadly. I totally agree. You know, I always told Shelby, I love you and I'll always love you, but I want everybody else to like you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to behave and mind your manners and we'll go move forward. But you're exactly right, Jay. When you see a kid misbehaving and you know, people will say, ah, they ought to get a hold of that kid. No, you need to get a hold of the parents because they're the ones that's in the wrong. It's not the kid's fault. It's the parents' fault. That's how they taught them. Now, Reba, I will say you have been in our house, in our studio before, mm-hmm. and our son is my greatest love and greatest challenge in my life. Uh-huh. And I cannot say that he's always been that respectful to you because Jay came to me. He goes, do you know that Dylan just literally kicked Reba? I go, what? <laughs> I was like, get him up here right now. I mean, I tore into him because he's, I mean, he's, Allison, he's, Allison, let's be fair, though. Did she deserve it? <laughs> <laughs> That's beside the point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's why I can't wait to watch y'all's show because he, uh, you told me earlier on, Jay, that he's a handful. I'm he telling is a you. different kid. I just can't wait. Reba, you won't believe some of the things that come out of this kid's mouth. And the funny thing is, is on our socials, people have said, oh, that has to be scripted. There's no, and I'm telling you, you can't tell this kid anything to say. Uh He's going to say what he wants to say. So there's no way in the world we could have set him up to say the things that he has said. Uh Can you give us an example of one of his sayings that people think was scripted? Oh, uh, we were riding on the bus one time and I was talking to James Otto is my brother-in-law. A lot of people don't know that either, but he's a country music artist as well. And it it was really tense because we were trying to get everybody together for Thanksgiving. And I said, you know, I just don't know sometimes what it's going to take to make everybody happy in order to get around the same table at Thanksgiving again since her father has passed. And Dylan unprompted says, it just takes a buttload of stuff to make all these people happy. (laughs) I mean, at the the time he was seven years old and the kid just, you know, of course it's great television, but you're sitting there going, oh, Lord have mercy. Where does he come up with this stuff? There were scenes that Jay, not scenes, but parts of life that Jay was filming with them and Dylan has, there are many words that he's not supposed to say that he loves to say when he's not with his mother. So there was a dog there. And, uh, he said the word nutsack like 16 times <laughs> yeah. in about a three minute span because I don't let him say that. And I was not around. No doubt about it. And he would do it. They would do their little interviews with them separately because they wanted to get the truth from the kids. And they'll uh-huh. always tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. And they would say something like, you know, how are your mom and dad? What do you what do you what are your favorite things about them? And Dylan would say, my dad is a really good dad and he's a really fun dad. He does say shits sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the best thing. Like, I would always worry, like, if he just said that. That's amazing. Thinking of what he could say sometimes. Oh, very true. (laughs) Very true. So evidently, you, Allison, are the most strict on etiquette and manners 
for both kids, right? I mean, somebody's got to be. Jay comes home from the road, which you know what this is like. You get home and you've missed a, a short period of time with your children. And so he wants to be fun, Dad. Sure. And sure. he's like, oh, yeah, y'all come with me to the Opry. You guys play at like 11 o'clock at night at the Opry. I'm like, everybody should have been in bed for three hours. They have to go to school the next day. And on the way home, Jay wants to go get milkshakes. I'm like, milkshakes? Yeah. I'm the one who has to deal with them in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. And and he's like, no, we got to have fun. Let's go. I'm like, you'll be asleep in the morning come 6.30 Mm -hmm. a.m. and I'll have to deal with everybody on their milkshake hangover from the Opry. Yeah, Reba, you know this (laughs) as well as anybody. It's hard to come in off the road and be the heavy. You've missed them. You want to be fun. Sure. And she gives me a list of things she's had to scold Dylan for and wants me to talk to him. And you got to tell her this and you got to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to be like, I love you guys. I missed you guys. Let's go have a milkshake and have some fun. Yeah. Dylan, we may need to get you a sedative of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got to let kids be kids sometimes, too. And if you try to, you know, clamp them down too much, I think you're in for a a bigger disappointment later on down the road when they decide to break every rule in every manner and go off the deep end and be a wild child. So I think there's a delicate balance there. But Jay's yeah. family made them finish all their food before they got up from the table. Even if we were sick or my dad would sit there and make me eat all of my oh, peas yeah. and make, make me eat all of my, you're going to sit there until the sun comes up, son, if you don't finish those. Uh, and I'd be like, I don't, that's a little overboard. I mean, yeah. uh, so that maybe, must have been a Midwest thing. My mom, too. I would sit there oh, and it too. would be just the nights coming and you could hear them. They're watching like the Dukes of Hazard downstairs. And you're like, I'm not eating these peas. I'm going to sit here all night. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Even though I want to see Bo. I want I want to see Bo and Lou, but I'm not going to finish my peas. What are other issues that you guys disagree on on the manners? Like, is there any big ones that really stick out? There are words that I could use when I was growing up in the Midwest that weren't considered bad words that I use that she wishes I wouldn't use. Like, I don't think but is a bad word. We said but uh-huh. all the time. I'm from the Midwest. Up. I'm going to spank your butt if you're not. And she prefers the word bottom. So we're different in the approach to the like what you can say and what you can't say. Like, But uh-huh. nutsack is okay. But nutsack <laughs> is always good. <laughs> Right? Listen, nutsack was always a good word. It's better than some other alternatives that, that you could oh, use. And I think we just found our promo for this episode where we all just say, there's never not a good time for a good use of nutsack. There we go. Well, it was it's a, bottom, but nuts. Yeah, it was that. about it was about a dog. He was saying, look, he's licking his nutsack. And I said, you would, too, if you could. He was using it in the correct context. I mean, good on him. Proud, on proud him. moments. Proud moments, guys. Oh, you all know about those proud moments as parents. We know you oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I never felt like, you know, you know, when you just all the blood leaves your body is when my son was about seven years old and he comes home with my mom from some sort of outing they went on. And my mom goes, well. Riley just told me something interesting about you. And I just went, oh, oh yeah, your heart stops. What did he say? And it was, he told her that I had a tattoo that I had never told her about. Oh, Which no. at the same time, I'm like, no. oh, my goodness, I'm a grown woman. I've had a child. I've been married for 15 years. And I never told her about this <laughs> tattoo. But I'll never forget that. And it was that just that Midwestern. Oh, well, Riley just told me something interesting. Like the world, I just heard a ringing in my ear. And it was simply that I had had a tattoo, which it, she would deserve to know at that point. But yeah. 
It's hard. It's those kids. They they got no editor. None. No, none they whatsoever. No filter. Um, so internet, there are phones now, there's all these new things that are coming into their yes. lives. Like how has manners changed? Like an etiquette, like, can you email thank you notes, all that stuff? I do not think you can email a thank you note. And I make my children write a thank you note. She even, does. That's even if God's Dylan has to stand up and run a lap around the house between notes, we're writing thank you notes. I just feel Love like it. there's something to that that's really personal that someone took the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is important. I, I do worry incessantly about technology and what that does to kids because we definitely lightened our rules during quarantine because as parents, oh, yeah. it was like, listen, all gloves are off. FaceTime anybody This is a battle. Want. I don't want to fight. Yes. So we so let true. them FaceTime and yeah. they could um, text their friends, which normally we would never have allowed to happen. So dialing that back now is really difficult because it was just their only way to socialize during that time. Right. That's true. Yeah. And I, I also think that there's got to be a balance also with technology and also connecting with your family, because if we left them to their own devices, they would be on their devices literally all day long. And mm -hmm. it's, I think there's a little bit of losing that connection with your parents and your kids. And it's hard when they'll come home and they'll say, so-and-so got the latest iPhone and or so-and-so so? got the latest iPad. And I'm like, I I'm not so-and-so's daddy. And you'll get the new <laughs> iPhone. Uh, first of all, when we go back to work and start singing again. <laughs> and second of all, when we think you're ready to handle it, I don't care what somebody else's parents have gotten for you. So, Right. Boy, that's true. We're okay with not being the cool parents because I, I don't want to give them those things. Well, speak for yourself. Early. I like being a cool parent. <laughs> See? I'll never forget one time when Shelby was first uh, at the kindergarten or first grade. He was so proud that they had been talking about manners at school. And he got up from the dinner table and went around behind the chair. Well, the chair was taller than him, so he had kind of had to peek around. And he was just a little old thing. And he said, may I please be dismissed? He meant dismissed. <laughs> he said, may I please be dismissed? So we, we've remembered that forever. But that is really cool that I think schools will teach that at an early age. And it becomes fun with them instead of a drudgery that mom and dad will probably put on to them in a different light. Exactly. They make it fun. So Yes. And at least somebody's there backing you up. So you're. it's not just mean old mama right. all the time. Right, right. True. Oh, Allison, did you carry anything over from your days of pageants? Were there any manners that maybe you learned or you brought forward or you said, I'm never going to do that? Probably more that I'm never going to do that than anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I, I just had a very typical Southern mom. And, you know, if you didn't talk about things that were happening, they didn't happen. You know, and you whispered. You know, oh, every time yeah. something bad happens yeah. in the South, you got to whisper it. You know, her son over there, he's on drugs. Did you hear that, Barb? Barb, Barb, she's gambling. Barb's a gambler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, he's a really nice guy, but I think he drinks a little bit. Yeah, that's not Sprite. That's Jen. Yeah. Oh. What are, like, the three most important manners? Please and thank you. For, for, oh. for certain, uh, yeah. addressing adults as, as Mr. and Mrs. And I would say cleaning up after yourself, not leaving a mess. That That's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's like, if you're going to get out a bunch of dishes and you want to eat ice cream, hey, there's a price you pay for that. And that's taking your dishes and washing them off and putting them in the dishwasher. We're not yeah. going to leave the house a mess. Because I think the main thing is you just want your kids to be good people. 
You want them to be kind. Well, like, like Reba said, yeah. you, you know, you love your kids, but you want people to like your kids. Absolutely. You want everybody else to like you. Yeah. That is you want so them to true. be healthy and to be kind it, because you think before you have kids, you want them to do all this and be all of this. And really, you just are so grateful if they're healthy and you want them to be good people. And that's exactly. why Reba didn't let Shelby start talking until he was 25. <laughs> Oh, it was 26, actually. It was no, worth the wait, though. It was worth the wait because his first words were nutsack. So it was really, it was worth the wait. See, I'm fighting this right now, y'all, with my daughter wanting to get her ears pierced because everybody's got their ears pierced and she's not 10 yet. So they're all getting their ears pierced. So I'm wow. in this like, like, does she? I didn't get my ears pierced, y'all, until I was 26. At least she doesn't want her tongue pierced. Oh, that's good you know, point. I'm good saying. point. Little or an eyebrow there. or something. I mean, some of these kids look like they've fallen in a tackle box these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reba, do you want to play a little game now or no? Yeah, it's please don't do it. Okay, so it's just, I, I get that every it. night, Reba. <laughs> I get that every night. So you're used to this game, are you? So Jay? you're used to this game. Used Why to, do I, mean, I have to go through this again? Wait, so speaking of, how long have you guys been married? Uh, uh, 16 years we've been together, 18. Wow, So awesome. we dated one, got, we're engaged for one, and... Uh, bliss, it's just yeah, pure bliss, Melissa. 16. Here we, we got pregnant both times we had sex. We got two lovely kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you sent her a thank you note after because you've got good manners. Yes, Hand, right? that's who you are. Handwritten. Thank handwritten you. thank you note. Thank you for the nutsack time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I love it. All right, well, let's play a little game called Please Don't Do It. So we're just going to go around the room and we're going to list our top pet peeves in terms of our manners. You go first. One of my top pet peeves is not introducing people. And not saying their name, like, oh, y'all have met before. Instead, you go, Jay, you've met Reba before. Uh, uh-huh. You've got to use the name. you got to tee them up for success. Assume that I am old and I forget and I, I can't stand it. And I get accused of over-introducing people, you know, all the time because it, it's such a pet Great quality. Like, Nothing oh, wrong you know, with like, that. You Nothing know, like, oh, John, you know, you, John, you know, Riley. And he's like, yes, he's my son. And I'm like, well, I just want to make sure that you all know each other because I do. I really biggest pet peeve. And I can't even tell you, like, even when I've no one's introduced you and you walk into a room like, hi, I'm Melissa. I know so and so from school. And then they'll go, oh, great. And then they don't say their name. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's Nothing. wrong with you people? Yeah. Anyway, so there's mine. And I also hate this. And this goes hand in hand with what you're saying. The people that will walk up to you and go. You don't mirror me, do you? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Huh? You don't mirror me, do you? <laughs> and you want to go, no, I gave you those cowboy boots when you were four. <laughs> you want, I, I'm sorry, sir. I, I, I uh, Thanks for the boots. <laughs> I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. I know. Right. Please don't do it. I do not like when people say, yeah. Like, say yeah. yes. Yeah. Say no. and Or yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, it, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't do it. All right, Jay, what's yours? Mine would be don't text and communicate on your phone when we're at the dinner table together. Amen. Mm-hmm. When we're engaged and sitting there talking with each other and trying to share, don't look down at your phone and kind of nod at me and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put the freaking phone down and, and, and be in the moment with me here for a second. Oh, you've got to have somebody that is engaging, though, you know, if you're going to put it down. Someone I know does that all the time. 
Are you pointing to your wife that no, she texts? No, during, oh. no. No. Please don't do it. Please <laughs> don't do it. Y'all, you know, they asked our kids on the show. They said, are, are your parents famous? And Madeline said, my dad is. And they so what does he do? And they're like... He sings, he plays the guitar, he plays piano, he plays drums, he writes songs. I mean, y'all, they went on a a laundry list of like 80 things. And they said, is your mom famous? And Dylan goes, no. And they said, what does your mom do? Literally, and they drop the music out, which makes it even more hilarious. Uh, Sit there. Nobody can come up with one (gasps) thing that I do. One thing that you do. That one thing. Not even like the laundry. He did. He finally did. He said, she's famous for texting. Oh, exactly what I would be like um, for giving you life, for making sure you have a home. (laughs) Thank you. That you know what manners are. All right, Reba McIntyre, your biggest manners pet peeve. This is the worst. In an elevator, men get out before the women do. My grandson, Mason, we used to play this game. He would always want to get out of the elevator first. He was like six, seven years old. And I'd hold him against the wall until all the women in the elevator got out first. And then he and I would wrestle to get out so I could get out before he did. Women supposed to go in the elevator first and go out of the elevator first. I could not agree more. It's disgusting to watch. And hold the door open. Well, you like to be carried through the door as well. You like them to hold the door open and then carry you through. Uh, yes, I do. I, <laughs> I expect her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, guys, thanks so very much for being on the show with us today. We, it was a lot of fun. We have it. And when this quarantine thing breaks, when it's going to happen soon, we're all going to get together and uh, go break a little bread and have yeah, I'm holding you to it. I'm holding to coming over for dinner the next time I'm in Nashville. I got to meet, got to meet the on. whole family in person. I can't Come wait. on, we would love to have you anytime. And I'll bring something, and then I will write you a thank you note, handwritten. <laughs> you already get an excuse. You got an excuse. You don't even have to do that. And I'm not going to cook, so let's go to a restaurant, okay? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, love you guys. Love you too. Love, love y'all. To thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you. You're for very us. welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was amazing. This was fun. I learned so much from Micah. I have to say, you know, I came into this not sure that I would learn something new Mm -hmm. because you think we all think we know what good manners mean to us because it can be personal. And I learned so much from her. I loved the thank you notes Mm -hmm. that starting off with something that is not thank you for exactly what you gave me, um, the WWHC like starting conversations at a party. I thought that was fantastic. The what, the why, and then the how, and then the compliment. Didn't she teach um, classes at the plaza? Wouldn't that be fun? Yes, yeah, she did. Can finally travel again. Let's do Let's it. Do that. Let's go up to New York and do the class with her. I know she could teach us a lot. She was very, very informative. And then fun stuff from Jay and Allison. What a fun show. Thinking about it, it really all comes down to the same things, whether it's how we were raised old school or how things are now that what's really important is just being kind, the same sort of thing we've always been talking about, treat each other the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun today. I did too. I learned a lot. Well, thanks guys for listening to Melissa Peterman and myself, Reba McIntyre, on our podcast that we're having such a great time getting to participate in called Living and Learning. And I know you can't see it, but I'm looking you right in the eye, listener, and I'm saying thank you for listening. How sweet, Melissa. Isn't that nice? They got manners. Living and Learning with Reba McIntyre is a Spotify original podcast. Hosted and produced by me, Reba McIntyre, and my dear friend, Melissa Peterman. 
Our executive producers are Liz Gately, Yasi Salek, Gina Delvac, Danny Trebatch, and Justin McIntosh. Also produced by Dylan Rupert. Michael Hardman is our editor. Original music is composed by Doug Sizemore. Very special thanks to Leah Edwards, Alex Nelson, Robert Adler, Casey Simonson, Whitney Welch, Rebecca Crawford, Rachel Margolis, and Suzanne Bender for production support.